You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful Small Business Vision Year, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why. 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses total, 1,500 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide our podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Brian Sorcy with Sorcy Construction Services, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Tell us a little bit about what it is that uh, you and your company does. I would say we're Bakersfield's custom remodeling specialists. So that is the niche that we're in. We remodel homes, we remodel businesses, and we have a whole lot of construction-related services in that arena. How diverse or how wide of a spectrum do you target? I think it's anything to do with construction. You can pick up the phone, make one phone call to us, and we can handle it all. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, there's all sorts of different aspects associated with a construction project from beginning to end. And we can handle all that in-house from design to completion. So everything from the door that's squeaking too much to the let's remodel our kitchen to we, uh, we're just re redesigning the whole house or business from, from the ground up. That's correct. That's correct. Adding another story to, you know, fixing a small leak. And how did you get into this business? You know, as a child, uh, I was, our family had a construction-related business, uh, mm. cabinet making. Mm. And so virtually... My entire life, I've been around the construction industry. Mm -hmm. So as I grew and got older, um, you know, I decided to look at not just the cabinetry, but the entire structure. So um, just over the years, it became that, uh, that I just sort of morphed into doing the whole project instead of just one aspect of the project. When you're doing remodels and you're doing redesigns, one of the challenges that a lot of, of people have, including some of our listeners who are not in the construction industry, is being able to communicate an idea, a concept, a thought of where the project is now to where it's going. And you're very, very good at this. And tell us a little bit about how that has become. Has this been something that you have learned, a skill that you have learned? Or has this been something that's been innate from you since day one? I think it's been sort of an innate gift that I've always had. I've been able to have a gift of visualization. I can take an idea and make it a reality. Mm -hmm. And um, the older I get, 
the more I see and realize that that is an actual gift. It become it's natural to me. Mm-hmm. But um, many people don't have that skill, so they they come to us. They know they have some general ideas about they, what they want to see in their project and mm-hmm. what their dream is, but they can't get from point A to point Z, and that's where where we come in. When you go through and you're explaining a, new, a project to a, a new client, especially one that has come via referral that you don't know very well, what is the process you take from starting with the initial where they're at and helping them visualize where you're going to go? I, I think it's important that we sort of have like a live design session and conversation. We can meet with them at their home or business and talk about what their needs are and what their dreams are and what their wants and desires are. We can sort of separate the wants from the needs and we can begin to design a plan to get us to that outcome. So, you know, we would talk about all aspects of the project. We would brainstorm different ideas and concepts of what they might consider or things that they might want to do. And uh, that's the beginning of the process. And it is a process. Mm -hmm. And how does that process work? Do you go through and do you do this with renderings and illustrations and product samples? Or how do you, what is your process for taking the new customer or client through the process of visualization? You know, it's, it's interesting that with, from, from where it was when I began to where it is now, that has changed a Hmm. lot. Um, it, it started out with me you know, pencil to paper and sketching and drawing and, and doing those things. And of course that was, um, relatively two dimensional. Mm. There was some three dimensional aspects of it, but, um, they were also more along the lines of architectural blueprints or designs that, uh, didn't particularly caps encapsulate the whole concept. Now today there are so many tools, um, at our fingertips. Uh, which ones do you use? Well, you know, I'll give you an example. It wasn't too long ago that, uh, or, or, you know, maybe actually it was a long time ago. You hate to to count how many years have gone (laughs) by. But, uh, you know, early on, people might collect clippings from Architectural Digest or Sunset Magazine. And and we would encourage that. And we would even give them publications where they can get ideas. And that's where it came from. And they're cutting and pasting and throwing pictures into a file. And and that was our design board Hmm. to start off with. So they would have things that they liked. They would never find their home, but they would find aspects of pictures of things that they wanted to have in their home. And we would have this collection of of ideas that we would use as the basis for design. Now, today, with, uh, you know, house.com and, uh, you know, so many different uh, websites and resources like that, people can find everything at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. This goes for uh, all the manufacturers of most of the things that will be in your house, be it appliances or plumbing fixtures or or lighting or finishes. Uh, I I th- I can see a day when the showroom has gone by the wayside. And many major manufacturers are uh, of products for building industry have, have gone that way. So their entire catalog is web-based hmm. now. It's not uh, where you walk into a store and touch it and feel it. So um, 
you know, that that's evolved, but it, it's sort of a good thing. If you know how to use that tool, it, you've got a lot of information right at your fingertips. Imagine having fun learning comprehensive firearms training indoors on Kern County's largest interactive firearms virtual simulator. Triple Threat Solutions offers affordable, comprehensive firearms training that is the same caliber for you and your employees as they train law enforcement officers. Call Roosevelt Scott with Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 and sign up for a private session in his state-of-the-art laser virtual shooting range for only $45. For one hour, you and three of your employees can use his state-of-the-art indoor air-conditioned laser virtual shooting range for only $45. Call Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. That's Triple Threat Solutions at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. We're here talking with Brian Sorcy with Sorcy Construction. How did you step from employee number two and three to employee number six, eight, nine, sixteen. What was that process like for you? I think it initiates with demand and demand on your time. Pretty soon you become to realize that you can't be everywhere all the time, mm. all at once. And you can't be everything to everyone. So as you start taking a step back and analyzing you know, how do I get these projects completed, then, you know, you have to start delegating and, and teaching people to, to do things the way that you want to get them done to meet, to meet the outcome. So it, it's born in necessity. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as you become successful, you've, you've got to start figuring out how to get your workload completed. Another thing is, is that you, you know, I started off as a, as a contractor, a custom contractor. I was hands-on. I was doing all of these things myself. I had the skill to do every single aspect of the project. And, and many times I did it all, mm-hmm. but as you start growing and becoming, uh, more successful and you're required to start scaling, you require, you, you start realizing that you know, I can't just be this handy person or this talented um, artisan that can do these things. I have to become a businessman. Right, right. Right. And you have to start learning a lot of things that have nothing to do with contracting or being an artisan and have everything to do with being a business. Like how? Well, I, you know, you look at, uh, you know, maybe you have to start having payroll. Maybe now you got to have an accountant. Maybe, you know, now you have to start designing, you know, more professional contracts. Um, there is a litany of governmental requirements that mm. you're re- required to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you start off filing your taxes yourself, and pretty soon you're realizing I can't do this anymore. So now it's long <laughs> form, and it's, you know, and, and you know, then you have to start tracking information, tracking receipts, keeping receipts, you know, your clientele gets bigger. Um, you know, and then once you're able to make the phone start ringing, that's a whole nother issue. You know, are you going to be actually hammering nails or or are you going to be on the phone? And, and as you, as you went through this process, how did you define what employees you brought on with different skill levels? What was, what happened in that process? Again, I, I think that that the necessity drove the need. It mm-hmm. wasn't uh, very long before I realized I need somebody that could be in the office and answering phones and 
uh, taking messages and also doing light bookkeeping and uh, entering bills and putting bills together and scheduling appointments and that sort of stuff so that I could keep focused on being out in the field and doing what I needed to do. Then, then, you know, then the next step would be pretty soon you start needing additional carpenters or additional skilled people to help uh, with aspects of things in the field. So it was all driven by necessity. When you were going through and you're bringing on these employees and you're more specifically looking for specific skill sets and specific employees, what litmus test did you use to determine skill level and ability? And what did you do so that you could find the right employee? Again, this is evolving over the years to that process. But, um, you know, initially it would be a, a, a personal interview mm-hmm. with the person. It, it might even include, um, you know, a trial period where we would actually work side by side or I would see how somebody could work or perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember some of the older mentors in my life talking about, you know, you, you don't ever show up for a job or a project that you're not willing to start right then. Mm. That resonated with me. And, you know, you could see the types of individuals that were ready to work and the ones that weren't. Mm. So, um, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd start there. And uh, I, I think I sort of had a a thought process that I would sort of put people in the deep end and see if they could swim. I, I mean, I'd rather find out right away if mm-hmm. it's going to work mm-hmm. than to, to let it drag on for an extended period of time. So, um, you know, that was, that was the methodology. Sure. And, sure. You know, and of course what, what drove a lot of this need to hire people were we'd get, we'd get projects and I'd be happy to win a project, but, um, it, it was very common that there'd be a deadline that would come along with that project, right? So right. not only are, are they wanting to invest in their lifestyle or in their house, but there's also a finite period of time that you have to get it, to get it completed. So, um, you know, you need people to do that. So creating the relationships with either employees that we hired directly or, um, you know, subcontractors or you know, we've even been involved in, in, in instrumental in helping individuals start a business Mm. that would fill fulfill a need that we had and so that they could you know start on their own journey and and then we have a sort of mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship as a small business owner you are a visioneer a pioneer with vision but sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here talking with Brian Sorcy with Sorcy Construction, and you touched on something that I think is very key, and that is... Two, actually, two things. One is you talked about you had a mentor that helped you develop your business. And the other thing that you talked about was helping other people start their own business that created a symbiotic relationship that, that helped you propel your business forward as well as theirs. So I'd like to begin with asking about your mentor. Tell us a little bit about your mentor and what did your mentor do to help you with your business and help it grow? 
Well, I, I don't think it's mentor. I think it's mentors, um, plural. Mm -hmm. uh, I, another gift I think maybe that I had, I, I can remember when I was a child and there were only maybe three television stations. And, you know, we, we had to find a lot of other ways to entertain ourselves. And I could think of, of many different instances where there were uh, groups of family or groups of friends around and they're sitting around a table or they're sitting in the backyard and uh, they're just talking. And there was no place that I would rather be than right in the middle of that listening. Mm. And I, I didn't have to necessarily be involved in the conversation, but I, but I wanted to hear what was going on. And so I, I think early on I, I, uh, I, I had that gift. And it's reoccurred many times throughout my life. Uh, you know, my wife is a great mentor to me and, mm -hmm. and support of what I do and what I think. And she's always there as a great sounding board. Um, I was fortunate enough to spend some time in uh, Japan playing rugby. And, and there's a very strong sort of mentorship culture there where you listen to your elders and 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 i fell right into that i i happen to have a, a a japanese rugby coach for a while and and uh you you sort of learn that uh that methodology but it goes on and on to uh many uh friends family or or business connections that i've used as mentors over the year too over the years as well that um I've been able to just ask questions and absorb what what they have to say. And you've been able to extend this to other people who want to start their own business. And how have you mentored them and helping them with their business? I think what I had learned from the people that were mentors to myself is I, I, I don't think they ever even necessar necessarily considered themselves a quote-unquote mentor they were just there. Mm. They just, it, it came natural to them. They sort of had uh, maybe the heart of a teacher or, or that some special uh, quality where they did not mind being asked questions and they were forthcoming with, with answers. And, and I think I'm sort of the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if somebody wants to go through the effort to seek me out to ask questions or advice or take me up on my own recommendation that I might say, Hey, if you, you know, you need some help or you, you've got any questions, I'm, I'm there for you. Mm -hmm. If, if they're willing to take that step and do it, which I, you know, it's hard for, to take that step mm -hmm. for a lot of people, but if they're willing to do it, I'm willing to give my time. One of the things I wanted to also touch on that, that you also brought up is your career as a rugby player. And, and the reason I bring this up is our listeners may think this is rather odd. What does rugby have to do with business? But one of the things that we, I have heard over and over and over again from our guests on this podcast is some of the best employees and some of the best business owners are people who have a sports background because they understand pl planning and hard work and teamwork. And tell us a little bit about your your extensive career as a rugby player <laughs> and, and how that shaped you as a business person? Well, you know, I've always been a sports nut ever since I could remember. Um, if there was some sport going on, I was playing it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as it relates to business and, and life, it's the ultimate, uh, you know, planning for an outcome. Mm -hmm. right? you, I, don't, I don't think you ever or rarely would you enter some sort of 
sporting competition planning to lose. You're you're planning to win. Right. right? And if it's football or, or rugby, um, you know, you're planning to win. And then if you win, what? That was the a, an intermediate goal. That wasn't the end. Now it's win the championship, right? And if you win the championship, what comes after that? Well, you win another championship and you right. create a dynasty. So it, 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 it never ends. But, um, you know, my, my rugby career, which, uh, you know, I came to it, uh, you know, as late in my, in my late teens, early twenties. And it just, uh, clicked all of the boxes that I'd ever wanted to have in sport. And from that point on, I, I was able to play for, uh, you know, a couple of decades. I'll still dabble in it at a senior level now, mm-hmm. but I, I I, I played at a pretty high competitive level. I was fortunate enough to do many uh, tours abroad to, to other countries and play in other countries. And uh, the all of the aspects of rugby and how I could go to almost any country and be welcomed into you know that family or, or that realm as if you were family. Mm-hmm. And I've developed relationships with people you know all over the world. And it's sort of the quintessential and maybe one of the few quintessential sporting things that's left where you played very hard on the field and then you shook hands and had a beer afterwards, right? So um, uh, it was a a very cool experience. And then after I was, I had such a, a great experience playing as a player and traveling around the world and the relationships that I developed all over the world that I decided I wanted to give something back afterwards. And I got into administration. I ended up being president of the Southern California rugby football union. And I was on the board for USA rugby for uh, many years. And we helped get uh, rugby back in the Olympics and a bunch of really cool stuff. So, Mm. um, but all of those things and managing for an outcome and every one of those instances, it's, it's the same thing that you do in all aspects of that sport or any sport is the same thing that you do in business. You mentioned before that you know it's one thing to win, but it's what you do after you win. And it's the understanding that a championship doesn't happen once a year. It happens every year. And in your business career, you've gone through and you've won and you've won and you've won and you've won. And it fosters a sense of, of strength and, and confidence. But one of the things that you have to do as a small business owner is continue that. And I've noticed that one of the things that you've done to do that is your role in the EAKC, which you can talk a little bit about, but also your involvement with with the Rotary and with the, with the um, Lions Club. Tell us how using those organizations has propelled your business past the initial handful of wins and helped you with this long-term sustainable growth and success of your business? I, I think as far as the service clubs go, I, I think a critical, critical aspect of being a member of your community and what you do is you have to give back. So you got to find a way to give back. And, and, you gotta, and why is giving back important? Because I think you, you have to invest in the growth of your community and the mm-hmm. strength of your community and the diversity of your community. And... Um, much in the same way that you would do those same things for your business or your family mm. or the kids we're raising. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just a critical component. It's, you know, sometimes it's hard to find the time to do that, mm-hmm. but, um, 
you know, I, I think in being well-rounded, it's important to do that. When it comes to the association with the EAKC, I, you know, I've been a past president. And, and, and who, for those who don't know, who is the EAKC? The EAKC is the Executives Association of Kern County. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a networking group of uh, of, of businesses that, um, you know, there's some exclu- exclusivity. So there's only one type of a particular, of any type of, of business in the association, but it's, the longest running, uh, you know, best organization of its nature around, and even the International um, Executives Association has a, has a long history internationally. But um, for so many different reasons, and I, and I would recommend to anybody that they get involved in in networking type groups for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, you can find business there. That's maybe the initial reason why most people would would consider it but you're also there with a group of peers who have the same the thing that you have in common even though your businesses are all different you're all running a business Mm. so you all have the same sorts of issues and to be able to be with your peers and discuss those issues and and maybe collectively solve those issues or, or at least come up with strategies to to uh to try to attack them is huge you know and and even over the years i, I gosh i've been in, involved in the eakc for maybe 25 some odd years i mm-hmm. uh, time escapes me there but even <laughs> even even an association as strong and as long lived as this has 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 to sort of evolve over the years and i would see it becoming more um you know, educational to its members too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and providing, even though they're successful businesses, uh, you, that are members of the association, you still have to, to strive and seek additional mm-hmm. knowledge and continue to learn. Right. And one of the things that I've noticed and, and part of the reason, right, like I said, spoke about at the top of the podcast is your ease with talk, speaking with people and for our listeners who are like myself, believe it or not, who are very much introverts and, and sitting down and talking to people you know, is an exercise, how would one go about, if they're at an EAKC event or any networking event, what recommendations would you give to somebody on being able to maximize the use of going to an event like that for their own business? I think you have to be willing to just jump into the deep end and start introducing yourself and, and, and asking questions. Mm. Maybe try to find some sort of commonality that you have with somebody, or maybe you know somebody's in a particular business or discipline that you've always had questions about, and, and go ahead and jump in and, and, and ask the question. I, it's a hard thing to do. I, I, I would think that uh, even people who seem to have the appearance that they have an ease with talking with people, there still is some reservation to mm-hmm. it, right? And it and it takes you um, just getting in there and doing it. You know, I forget who who said that. You know, eighty percent of success was showing up, right? So right. or something along those lines. You've you've got to go there. You yeah. got to go there. You got to jump in there and 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 see what happens. And one of the other things one of our prior guests also brought up on this, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear you elaborate on this, is when you go to a networking event like you know like the EAKC, is that you go with the intent on being able to help somebody there with their business so that you're giving value first. And 
tell our listeners how you do that and how you go about offering value first to somebody that you've never met before at a networking event. It could happen a number of different ways, but, um, you know, if I had had an interaction with this person and I picked up on some cues of some things that they had some concerns with or questions about, uh, you know, we, we might start by, you know, I might just benevolently give some information about that. Uh, I, I guess it could be a detriment. I've never really been afraid of sticking my foot in my mouth and I, <laughs> and I, and I do it a lot, but I think there's a lot of value in understanding that. And, and this would, uh, you know, there's a sports analogy here too, that you can't, don't be afraid to f- fail, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. you're afraid to take the shot, then you're not going to get anywhere, right? right? So if it happened to be golf, you know, and, you, and then the most important shot is going to be the next one, not the last one, no matter how good or bad it went. And it, it's the same thing in business. So, you know, get in there, start asking questions, you know, get involved, develop some relationships, and then, um, you know, be willing to listen and, and, and then make the changes you need to make. One of the oft-used analogies that you were just speaking of is Michael Jordan when he had that incredible run with the Chicago Bulls. And at the, at the championship games, he was the one who always wanted the ball at the, end of the, at the end of the game to make the last shot of the day. And how this ties into your business, when you've got a client that calls that you may know, you may not know, maybe a referral, maybe a long-term customer, how do you work with that customer and with that idea of always give me the ball, give me the shot, and going into one of their projects? How, tell us a little bit about your mindset. I, I think much in the same way. Uh, it, that's a good analogy to look at what, what we do and what we have done. Uh, I, I could give you a, a, maybe an example of somebody who decides that or has thought that removing a particular wall in their house, maybe a wall between their kitchen and living room, would really open up the house and and make it a lot better for for their lifestyle. But uh, so it'd make it better for their lifestyle. But they might fret over the concept of doing that for uh, you know I talk to people that might have fretted for that for months or years that they wanted to do it, but they don't know what's behind that wall mm. and will the house fall down if we take it out and they have all of these reservations. So we have to go through and make the point that I can certainly sympathize and understand with the fact that it's a big deal for you. For us, it's nothing. We right. do this every day and no matter what we find in there, if we found it was a bearing wall, if we found there were gas lines in there or electro, it's all fixable. Right. And, and we can engineer around any possible occurrence. So we don't have any fear with taking the shot and we don't have any fear with what's behind the wall because we know we can deal with it, you know, one way or the other. So, um, I, I think it's having that conversation with the individuals and, and discussing the process that we would do. And, Although every single project is unique and, and which means one of a kind, which means maybe nobody has ever taken that exact wall out before. There are a lot of similarities in that job, uh, to every other project that we've done. So we, we would talk about those things and then we would move forward. 
for our listeners, what would be the one thing that you would like to communicate to Visioneer Nation that they could use today to help their business and help it become a successful and profitable business? Well, if you if you're we we've touched a lot on the the, the mentorship aspect of of learning and growing your business. So if if you're not already doing that, you've got to realize that you're not alone out there. There's um, plenty of people that have been down that road before, and um, I would say that you you seek out those types of individuals. And and by the way, you will have no idea where you or how many different places you can find those people and get very good life and business advice. And it, and it might not be a business person. You know, it, it could be a teacher. It could be uh, a friend, an acquaintance. It could be an, a, a relative, an older relative. It could, you know, who knows where it's going to be, uh, you know, where it's going to come from. But um, I would seek out that knowledge. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that professionally offer that information too. You can go that route mm-hmm. um, if you like. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be uh, afraid to uh, ask and seek the, the information that you're, that you're looking for because I know that there's people that, that want to give it to you. And then I, the other thing is, you know, we touched on, on the Executives Association of Kern County or the EAKC, those types of networking groups where you can put yourself in an environment with, with similar business-minded people and uh, that have the same problems you do and same questions you do and maybe have gone down the same road that you're trying to go down and can give you that advice. I think those types of things are invaluable. So that's what I would encourage. And if people do. wanted to reach out and, and get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, they can go to our website, sourceyconstruction.com. And they how do you can, spell Sourcey? It's S as in Sam. Which sometimes the S sounds like an F, but uh, it, it's sourceyconstruction.com, S is in Sam, O R C I, construction.com. Or you can ring us at 661 324 8464. And uh, there's several different ways to, to contact us. We try to make that easy. But uh, probably the website would be the easiest way where you can find all the information that you need. Very good. Well, Brian, this has been a delight and a very informative. We appreciate you giving your wisdom and your knowledge, and, and, and thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Thanks for having me, Michael. It was a lot of fun. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. 
Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. 